Welcome, welcome to 561 Music. My name's Ben. And I'm Hector. How are you, man? I'm doing good. Yeah, cool. Doing good. Just came back from uh, Minnesota. That's right. What were you doing out there? Doing a street painting. Doing a, it was a Arbor Lakes uh, chalk fest up there. So, uh, oh, cool. It was about, uh, I think, uh, 30 artists, roughly. Right, and, nice. And uh, up and down the street, yeah. So, like three didn't blocks. Some, didn't some guy give you a load of crap about uh, not, not using chalk? There was a guy, just a random guy. I mean, the place was just, I mean, it was just super crowded, you know, just people walking up and down. And they, they talk to the artist and they ask you all the typical questions. You know, this is all chalk. So they're like, you know, what do you do if it rains? And don't you feel bad about it washing away? And blah, blah, blah. And all the typical questions. But this jackhole comes <laughs> by and he starts talking to the guy, to the other artist next to me. And he was using chalk and I was using tempera paint. Now, the reason I use tempera paint as opposed to chalk in a case like that is because my piece was 3D interactive. Yeah. Which means that people have to actually sit on it. Now, if I use chalk and you sit on it, well, then you're going to stain your clothes. Yeah. So I use the tempera paint. It dries. It still washes away. It's no big deal. It's still, you know, it's just it's essentially the same thing as chalk. It's just it's just, it's just in a liquid form and it dries. So you can sit on it, touch it, walk on it. It's not that big of a deal. Um, this idiot walks by and he's talking to the other guy next to me and he's like, you know, you're a real artist, man. I commend you. He's like, you're using chalk and that's way more difficult and you can get a lot more detail and, you know, you're not, uh, you know, you're, you're not painting like this guy over here, you know, that's not real art to me. And this isn't, this isn't a painting festival. It's a chalk festival. And he just went on and on and on and would talk to anybody that would listen. He went on to the next person and the next person. And I could hear him all the way down the block. And every time he was talking about, you know, chalk versus paint, he would point back at me and use me as the example. So apparently I'm not a real artist. Oh, dude, I'm sorry. uh, Dude, it sucked. (laughs) It sucked. I just wanted to pop him one <laughs> <laughs> it's really annoying i did this cool uh, thing on uh last thursday morning um carl who you've had on the podcast carl schmidt yeah he had me come and do this thing for the uh arc um center or arc yeah. center um in uh gardens and um it was really great it was like a uh, a morning concert for people who can't go to concerts, like um, disabled yeah. people and stuff. And um, I had such a blast, man. They were all dancing in the aisles and yeah, everything. Yeah, I, I think I saw a video somebody posted or something. And, yeah. And, man, it, they looked like they were having a blast. Yeah. yeah. It, it's called Grace Notes Project, the thing that he runs. And um, I just think it's such a great idea, like bringing music to people who, who don't usually get the opportunity to go and uh, watch it, you know, right. uh, for you know any number of reasons. Like they physically can't get there or like a bar environment is too like overstimulating or something like that sure you know? so it was just yeah it was really cool i'm really glad to be a part of that yeah know? that's awesome man that's yeah, awesome yeah everybody looked uh everybody looked happy they were all dancing everybody had smiles so yeah that yeah, was a good thing man yeah i feel like one of the kind of um <clears throat> great things that sort of come out of my little recovery journey is that um i've linked up with carl to do this stuff you know and get together rehabs and things and it's you know it I wasn't before, but I am getting paid now. But but really, that yeah, I'd still do it if I wasn't. I mean, don't tell Carl that, but, but you know, because it's it just <laughs> because I know I'm just telling the entire world. But but you know, it really just sort of it gets a real feel good feeling. You know, it's yeah, great. man, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you, man. Yeah, totally. Well, we have Stevie Stubborn with us today. How's it going, man? Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, it's a pleasure. So um, we have a mutual friend, Andy, who turned me on to yep. you. He was with you guys last week, right? Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. How do you know Andy? Uh, I met his brother, actually, first, Ryan. Um, but uh, we just, you know, just jamming, playing you know, playing music together and that kind oh, of really thing. really cool. Yeah, because... Yeah, kind I'm, of developed into a friendship. And, yeah, nice. Yeah. yeah, he's cool. I've been playing in a band with him for a few years now. Yeah. My name's Scar Bands. Mm-hmm. He's a cool kid, man. Absolutely. And um, I knew him before that because... Uh, I've spent untold hours in propaganda, and that's, yeah. that's yeah, pretty yeah. much his. Uh, that you was know, the, the stomping ground. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you know, <clears> I, I hung out with him a little bit before that, but getting to know him in, in the band has been has been really fun, man. He's a, he's a genuine guy. Oh, and he's yeah. a good musician. Funny cool. as hell too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. goofball for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. So um, yeah, we got a kind of a list of questions we ask pretty much everyone who comes on the show, and the first one is. Uh, Boxes Why did you or s- briefs? No, <laughs> <laughs> Neither. There you go. Come on. Man. All right, well, that, that's that answer. <laughs> we need to add that as a question. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what's the, uh, how did you 
first start playing music and um was the environment when you were young conducive to it sure basically? yeah um i mean i've i've always had like a like a draw to it even even at a young age and you know my my parents were always supportive of that my mom especially she had me um you know she had me playing piano by the time i was like nine ten years old and it kind of eventually developed into um you know something that i wanted to do more than just like as a hobby you know um at a professional level, it's actually kind of funny. It was like a happy accident how I got involved with it. Um, I had uh, I got I had gotten into a really bad car accident and um, I broke oh. my finger. I couldn't play guitar for a while. This like, has happened like, to like quite a lot yeah, of people. Yeah, it was like it was like an eight month thing. I, I you know I had I had it wrapped up. I couldn't I couldn't even touch a guitar for a while. Oh wow! And uh, when I finally got out of it, the band I was playing at the time they they were like, "Well, you know, sorry, dude, you can't play with this anymore because you can't play guitar." So. Yeah. And, I mean, it's um, kind of fair enough on that. Yeah, though, no, I mean, I got it. I wasn't, I was, you know, I wasn't upset about it or anything. I mean, I was upset about it, but yeah, you know. Um, and then, uh, so one of my one of my buddies who was a singer, um, I ended up uh, hanging out with him. And I was just, like, I just want to, I just want to play some music. Like you sing, I'll play some acoustic guitar. We'll see what comes out of it, you know. And uh, I parked illegally on accident at his place. And these guys come with their tow truck to tow my car, and I we were we were on his balcony, so I could see it happening, you know. And I, so running out there, I'm like, no, 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 please, you know, yeah, don't tow my car. Yeah, be in there, mate, be in there. So uh, we we all we ended up you know, talking with these guys. We like start getting friendly with them and stuff because they're like, you know, they're pretty cool about like me just moving my car, not what you know, whatever else. And um, they're like, hey, you should uh, you should come back to the towing yard with us. There's a recording studio next to the what next to the towing yard. And we're like, <laughs> me and me and my this is my buddy Josh, and we're, we're like, yeah, sure. I mean, we ain't, we ain't got nothing going on tonight, you know. Like, let's go, let's go humor this, see what see what's gonna happen. So we walk into the studio. It was like kind of warehouse, like industrial setting. Didn't really expect much from the outside. But then we walk in and we start seeing all these plaques on the wall and stuff. And we're like, what is this place? It turns out it's J-Rock Studio. Oh, wow. We used to do like a lot of stuff with Trick Daddy and stuff like that. Yeah, so we did a couple sick. records with him. And this, you know, I was in my early 20s at this point. And, uh, and kind of one thing led to another. And, you know. Excellent. Yeah. That's, that's, so, that was the start of it, anyways. But well, getting back further than that, did you um, did you have music lessons when you were a kid? Uh, I took very like very briefly guitar lessons. Uh, that was that was pretty much. Other than that, I've been fairly self taught. Right, and um, in terms of your parents and stuff, did they, were they? Uh, music fans did they was there a lot of music around the house my, yeah my mom especially my dad wanted me to play sports right, <laughs> he, really, right. he really wanted you know he, he was a big basketball guy so I, I was definitely doing that as well like in high school and middle school and all that stuff but but no he was he's always been supportive of my music as well he's you know he's proud of me yeah know. excellent i think that really helps i mean there's plenty of people out there who that wasn't the case but, right absolutely but i'd say that you know more often than not you know there's a relatively supportive kind of family in in, in the background of of a lot of the musicians that we've had on the show because yeah. it's uh you know it's just helpful i know that all of the experiences i had when i was uh when i was growing up definitely turned me into the musician i am today all the the choirs mm -hmm. i had to be in at school and stuff yeah. even though i hated them at this time you know yeah it's not fun at the time but then you realize how like important it is for your foundation you know? yeah exactly are you involved in any of that kind of school stuff that you have to do? Music uh, yeah, with? I did. You know, I did like same as you. I did like choir. Um, yeah. You know, I, I play. I played in band. I played trumpet for a little while. I'm terrible at it, so <laughs> it was a good right, thing right. that I got out of that one. But uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I um, I always played piano, and then kind of like in my early teenage years, I, I picked up guitar and then never put it down. And that was just you know that was my go to after that. But yeah, no, nice. it's kind of amazing how many uh, how many horn you know high school horn players we've had on the show that that put it down, picked up guitar, and never turned back. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, it just—it wasn't for me. It, it happens a lot more often than you think it does. Yeah, I think that the uh, well, despite the fact that horns are—you you sort of grow into an appreciation of them as you get older. There's something a bit nerdy about them when you're a kid, and you just like you want to yeah. rock. Don't oh you, yeah, you know? definitely. Yeah, horn players out there are going to hate me for this, but when I was I was in middle school playing it, me and my brother would like load like grapes into them and just try to launch them out of the trumpet. <laughs> it was more like that kind of thing than it was like you know like an instrument sort of thing, but. Yeah. Um, that's where I got stuck in when I was playing band. So, <laughs> you know, I, I tried it, gave it, gave it a whirl. That's but. awesome. What were some of your early musical influences? Would you say in terms of uh, bands that you got into when you were sure? Um, I mean, what I listened to is all, like just on the way here. I was listening to Volbeat and Buster Rhymes and like Red Hot Chili Peppers. So I'm all over the spectrum when it comes <laughs> to like that kind of stuff. But yeah, um, I guess I, I really started getting into guitar the first time I heard Event Sevenfold. Like, okay. Uh, just because I really liked the way, like he was so fast on the strings, oh my and, God. like the yeah, you know, yeah. just the way it's his playing style and the emotion he puts into like his solos and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So that's like I think what really like took it up a level for me initially was Sin Gates from from Avenged. Yeah, he's amazing, um, unbelievable. But then you know I, I really like the singer songwriter, so artists like Amos Lee, uh, J P Cooper, um, even like you know more popular Ed Sheeran. Uh, yeah. 
you know, you know, artists like that. Yeah, there's cool. A, Good stuff. You reminded me of a story when you were saying that you broke your finger and you got booted out of the band. Um, <laughs> I was uh, so right before a month long tour, right with um, this band I was in the UK called Sonic Boom Six, who I'd been actually nicely invited to do some more recording with. Now, um, I, I was. It was two days before the tour, and this was in my shall we say less sober days. Mm-hmm. And um, I, in an argument with someone, I punched a wall. And, and I broke my finger. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I had two days to find someone to stand behind me and play the guitar. It was my, it was my buddy, Ollie. So, Ollie, if you're listening to this, <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> you saved my life. But, um, yeah, so because um, I was like a guitarist and also kind of vocalist MC and stuff. Mm-hmm. So there I was for a whole month with a cut. I had a cast and I had like a melodica taped to the cast right uh-huh. like trying to be cool with a stupid cast on it was <laughs> it was a real lesson in humility I tell yeah. you. it was like a month of just getting constant ribbing and i guess testament to them that they didn't kick me out of the yeah patch. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i, I didn't uh, share the same luck unfortunately but <laughs> if they could see me now you know <laughs> <laughs> exactly man but do you have a writing process uh you know honestly like i yes and no um i, I feel like it almost changes every time Right, you know, based on what I'm working with, who I'm working with, uh, you know, there's times where maybe I just write, so, you know, like just lyrically something that I'm really keen on, and then I'll, you know, I'll have my engineer, uh, you know, put something together that he kind of thinks like fits yeah. that vibe or that that mood or emotion. Um, so we've gone that way. There's been times where I've, you know, I heard heard something that, like an example, the uh, the song that I'm releasing uh, next week. Um, was one where I, I just heard the instrumental and I was like, I have to have that one. Like, oh, I'm, really? I'm, I'm going to write to that one. Okay, yeah, that's No cool. questions asked. Yeah, yeah. Who made um, that? Was it? It yeah. was my engineer. Yeah, oh, the nice. One, the one at the studio. But, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, it's one of those questions where most people reply like that. They're like, well, you know, it could be one of a number of things. Mm-hmm. But um, mine always generally starts with like a little kernel of an idea. Mm-hmm. Pretty much always anyway. Every now and again, there'll be, you know, someone will come, well, Hector's been coming with chords lately and, and um, I've been writing over that, which has been pretty fun. But that's kind of new for me. Like uh, my my general thing is that um, I have a whole load of stuff sitting in the back of my head kind of waiting to be used or on my phone. Mm-hmm. And then it'll kind of coalesce at a certain point into right. into like a little kernel of an idea and I'll be like, oh, there it is, you know. Yeah, like, I, I'm right there with you. I, I have yeah. thousands of like lyric ideas, melody ideas, like just saved in my notes on my phone or in my that's voice memos. Ba- yeah, like, yeah, it's, it's fun. Yeah. Just full of, full full of, of stuff, them, yeah. 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 And, you know, I'm not going to lie, 90% of them are garbage, but I feel like I kind of follow that David Bowie approach mm-hmm. of like, um, David Bowie, sorry. Uh, <laughs> approach of, I, I don't know why, but people in the south of England say David Bowie. I have no idea why. Cause it's not his name. It's not even what he called himself. Right. Like everyone calls him that. It's really weird. But, you know, his, uh, his approach of uh, just uh, throw enough stuff at the wall and see what sticks yeah, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. Yeah, that's my vibe with it. And actually, something I was reading the other day about that was um, one of the things that he used to do, and Kurt Cobain used to do, actually, was like, this kind of cut and paste like Dada approach to like lyric writing mm-hmm. where you, you you write a bunch of sentences um you know not necessarily rhyming and then and then you just you cut them up on a piece of paper and just rearrange them yeah you know to make it a little bit more ambiguous and a little bit more poetic and interesting and uh i've yet to try that because i read it about two weeks ago but i'm gonna give that one a shot i, I think my writing style kind of caters to that in a way um because when i write lyrics a lot of times like i'll like I'm not worried about the rhyme scheme or like what's you know what's exactly going where, but I'll you know I, I want to I, I like to tell stories in my music. Yeah. So what I'll do is I'll like I'll write what I want to be, you know, what to be told. Yeah. And uh, and then kind of like okay now how do I make that poetic or how do I make that you know rhythmic or melodic or you know that kind of thing and then kind of start picking apart the pieces of the the song and going how, from there. How important is it to you that the song retains its original? idea like is it more important to you that the song is good or that the idea is conveyed that's a tough question actually uh (laughs) you know i think it's a little bit of both i I hate to hate to sound so generic with that answer but but i think i think as musicians we're all in our heads a little bit you know in the same respect and sometimes maybe something that you might have thought would have been you know the right way to do it or might not necessarily be that way when you have like when you're collabing like i do with you know my engineer and I, you know, I have a couple of, like my, my buddy Colton Elliott, he, he writes with me sometimes. We kind of like bounce ideas off of each other. 
And sometimes I'm like, you know, I I never thought about doing it that way. And like, I yeah. like this. This is this is cool. Like, you know, let's let's try this out. You know. Yeah. But I often find that when I have a, an idea for a vibe of a song, but not like not a a real kind of uh, underlying meaning behind it, usually ends up not very good. Mm-hmm. You know, I it. I don't know why, and it's not it's not the same with everyone because some people can just kind of imagine things out of thin air and write stories like that. But for for me, if there's not something that means a lot to me in it, I tend to kind of I I don't know I tend to lose interest in it mm-hmm. pretty quickly. It has to have yeah. some kind of like has to have some, some substance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and um, and then I just try and kind of point everything towards amplifying that. I guess mm-hmm. you know, it's my general approach. So, uh, do you on your instrument? Do you still practice like kind of on your own? Admittedly, not as often as I <laughs> as I should. Um, right. But no, I, I mean I still play. I still play often. Um, yeah, you know. Do you ever do uh, like any kind of um, like exercises or anything, or is it more just kind of like learning songs? Yeah, I watch. I watch this guy that I, that I love. Is his, he's from Nashville, and he you know he he's built at this point like his own little online like teaching program. But he has such good. Uh, why am I having such a hard time thinking of his name right now? Tyler. Uh, Tyler Lawson is his name. Okay, cool. But he runs a uh, guitar super system. He, uh, it's like an online platform. It's really it's it's inexpensive and it's like he's got some really good stuff on there, especially for like novice and like beginner guitar players. Yeah, nice. Um, so if anybody wants to get in, I would, I would recommend him for doing that. Tyler Lawson, good yeah. to know. Um, yeah, but I, yeah, I watch a lot of his stuff and like nice. I, I, every once in a while, I like, noodle around with some of his exercises and stuff. And like he has a bunch of like good warm up stuff for like you know pre gigging that kind of like those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. But that's where I'm getting most of my. Um, every now and again, I'll have a guitar lesson with someone just to i mean partially because i think as a teacher it's good to see how someone else teaches Mm -hmm. and the other reason is um you know sometimes i just get a little bit set in my ways and it's nice to get out of that but then uh, um the the other thing is yeah the same it's like youtube you know yeah and and we say this a lot on here but it's just that's and and everyone kind of knows it but it's just so true is that there's just a ton of great stuff on youtube yeah, and, yeah. You, know, you can essentially go to college on youtube these yeah, days. Yeah. Like, yeah youtube university you know? yeah, <laughs> exactly so um you uh run a studio don't you Dan? i do Boca. yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah um can you tell us a little bit about deja vu yeah Records? absolutely so uh colton who i mentioned earlier who writes with me we're uh we're partners uh in owning that place um we he he's a recording artist as well he's a singer um and uh we were working at a different studio kind of like paying a bunch of money for this and he his background's in general contracting and he goes i could build this right yeah and, that's I, and awesome. I was like all, you know kind of like all right yeah sure sure we can build this and then sure enough we did it you know we we, it, we we bought like kind of like a warehouse industrial kind of spot nice it was gutted there's nothing in there we ran all the electric we ran you know hell the plumbing, yeah the hvac everything like and you know it made it our home there sure that's awesome yeah yeah, what are you running in there in terms of like, um, is it, are you doing it on a Mac or are you using Pro Tools? Or uh, so our engineer, we, we started with Pro Tools. That's what I, um, when I, like when I went to college for, you know, music and stuff, I, I always, like Pro Tools was, was like the industry standard, so that's what we did. But he, uh, our engineer runs Ableton. Okay. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, which cool. I, and he's just very efficient in it, so I'm not trying to I'm not trying to fix something that's not broke with no, him. No, I sure. get it. Sure. I mean, um, I, I'm logic since since there was no numbers after the mm-hmm. word. Like, so there's not literally no point in me using anything else. Right, right, right. I kind of, you know, I I just know how to use it so well. Uh, I, for some reason, I when I was learning all this, it was it, Cubase was like the big one, mm-hmm. and and um, Cubase. Yeah, I, I I always struggle with that a little bit. I don't know why. Um, but then my buddy kind of sat me down and uh i'm a bit kind of like add a little bit like i find it difficult to concentrate sometimes and so i ended up i was quite lucky because i had this i was um in a shared house with this guy robbie robbie record um amazing name for somebody who makes music mm-hmm. and um yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> and he uh he just was really patient with me and took me through it. And ever since then, I've known how to use it. So I'm endlessly grateful for that. So you went to school for music? Uh, yeah, but not uh, so much for the in-the-box like production stuff. I went to school for uh, like live sound engineering. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I did a classical music. Well, it, uh, yeah, a music degree, mm-hmm. but it was you know, primarily classical. Um, uh, I remember you saying earlier um, before we were recording that um, you – You'd done some uh, sound engineering on the road before, is that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, funny enough, the same guy who, when we met uh, J-Rock and worked in his studio, that same guy, he, uh, he started a band uh, with a couple other artists uh, called Radical Something. They were a West Coast-based band. Kind of like, it was like fun, like summer vibes sort of music. Uh, sure. Really, really fun music. 
Um, and initially I was just running around with them, like doing whatever they needed to do and playing guitar for them here and there or whatever. And as they started to grow as a band, um, they're, they're like, Hey, like, would you run sound for us? Would you know, would you like either an a monitor world or like front of house, whatever. And it yeah. kind of became this thing where like, I just repeatedly started going on the road with them and kind of like, and initially I was like, kind of like the, 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 you know, the, the band bitch, if you will, like looking yeah, all the yeah, gear around sure, and all that yeah. stuff. You know, I had, to, I had to earn my stripes. Yeah. But uh, then it became this thing where I was, you know, running monitors or running front of house for them. And, nice. And they took me, I, I went all over the country with them. We toured with uh, Manish Yahoo. We've toured yeah. with Cruella. We've toured with... Uh, was it kind of like that, is it sort of Cali reggae type? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very, yeah. like, yeah, definitely, definitely that reggae sort of vibe with a little like pop element. But, yeah, sure. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Got yeah. any uh, interesting stories from the road? I got. I'll give you the less explicit version of this. One. <laughs> <laughs> I got a really funny story that happened in uh, Seattle. Um, so we had a we had a really crap show that night. I don't. I don't know. I, it's like, it's one of those like anything that could have went wrong just went went wrong and even beyond. You know, sure, like, yeah, it, was just, yeah. it was one of those bad nights. Everybody was kind of in a funk. Like nobody really wanted to go out and do the you know the typical like after show party kind of vibe. Yeah. How old are you? All you guys at this point in your twenties? Yeah, like, uh, like mid mid to mid to late twenties with yeah, all yeah. of us. Um, I think I was probably around like twenty five, twenty six. Yeah. yeah. So uh, there's a lot of after show at that yeah, age. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. But um, but yeah. So I I think I ended up getting pizza with one of the guys, and we all just were we're hanging on the on the bus, and we're just you know kind of calling it a night. I stepped out. Uh, I stepped outside to smoke a cigarette. And our tour manager, he he never drank, like never ever ever drank. And, right. and this one night, I guess he, he you know he was having a rough night too with everything that happened. <laughs> and uh, he went out drinking. So he comes back, and I see him like walking. He's stumbling over to the bus, and he's like, "I can't find Randy." Randy was the drummer. And I'm like, "What do you mean you can't find Randy?" He's like, "Hey, oh, we man. went out. We were at the strip club and blah blah." blah. And he's like, and I, "I can't find him. I don't I don't know where he is." And I'm like, "All right, so." It's like, all right, like I'm sober, like let's go, you know, <laughs> let's let's go figure out where this drummer is before we leave him in Seattle, you know? Yeah, for real. And. Uh, and so we get to the we get to the club, and I'm looking all over the place. From he's sitting like right in front, like so plain view. I'm like, dude, he's right there. He's right there, man. Like, oh man. <laughs> yeah. You know, so whatever. I'm like, well, we're here, so like I'll hang out for a bit, you know. Yeah. And we're, and we're hanging out in the club, and uh, this this girl comes up and sits next to me. She was working. She was working there, and she's like, hey, would you just sit next to me and talk to me? Do you see those guys over there? Like, I really don't want to go back to, and talk to them. And oh, my, shift, my shift is up in like 10, 15 minutes. So if you can just keep, like, you can just like keep their attention off of me for that amount of time, like I would really appreciate it. I'm like, yeah, cool, whatever. So we start talking. She's super intelligent. She was like in college and, you know, studying law or whatever she was doing. And yeah. work, working her way through medical yeah, school. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. They all are. So, <laughs> so you know, we, we're hitting it off. I'm having a couple of beers or whatever. And uh, and, and uh, we're talking about the bus. She's like, oh, you're like, you're, you're like, a, like a band. Like you're with a band. I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're going to Bend, Oregon tomorrow. And so we, uh, she was like, can I see the bus? And I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. So I take her back and we're hanging out. We're drinking on the bus a little bit more. And then one thing led to another. I'll leave that part out of it. But um, <laughs> yep. I wake up the next morning in Bend, Oregon. I roll over and like I don't know if you've been in a tour bus before. I'm yeah. sure you have. But the, the, they're like coffins. So sure, like there's yeah. not much wiggle room as far as rolling over. And I feel that someone's in the bunk with me. We took this poor girl. Uh, she she passed out in my bunk. We took this poor oh, girl man. all the way from Seattle oh, to Bend, Oregon. Oh my god! Oh my word! Yeah. What happened? Yeah, I so, see you back. So we we got off <laughs> we we got off you know and started getting like set up for the show and everything. There was a bus stop nearby, and she was like, "I, I think I'm just gonna do that." <laughs> I was like, <laughs> but she was so cool about it. Like, it wasn't like she was upset about it at all. She's like, yeah. "No, now I get to now I, when I get back to Seattle in like six hours." She's like, "You know, I get to tell my friends that I was like on a tour bus with a with a rock band." You know, like, she, she was so excited. <laughs> very she was, rock and roll. She was story. a really nice girl. We stayed we stayed in contact even after like the fact that like, we were friends on Facebook and shit. Oh, but, that's nice. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good yeah. story. So, um. I, I noticed you had like quite a lot of listens and stuff like that, and I was quite impressed by that. And um, we got to talking earlier about um, sort of some of your strategies to uh, sort of boost your engagement and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So early on, um, when I when I didn't know what I was doing, <laughs> you know, because nobody ever really does at the beginning. Yeah. Um, I, I sought out like a couple of companies that like pr promised, you know, organic, uh, like Spotify yeah, or organic, do, yeah. you know, Instagram, whatever, following followers, yeah. you know, likes, posts, whatever, that kind of thing. And, it, and they seemed like they were fairly reputable for, to my knowledge at the time. So I, I went with a couple of those, but I noticed very early on into like attacking it that way that, oh, oh yeah, sure. So you got like 10K followers, but your videos are getting like, you know, two likes or three likes because nobody cares, you know, they're yeah. all bots. Um, so I stopped using programs like that. And, um, I uh I, I read I read from this guy Ari Hurstand a lot who always just has like really great 
uh, him and Damien Keys, uh, they always have like really good just like for indie artists that are trying to like you know build a bigger following or all that kind of stuff. And you know I'll let them teach because I'm not a teacher by any means, but. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I started following. Like uh, one of the things I use is uh, Submit Hub, which right. is like that's been around for forever. Like the website will never update. It's like the oldest looking thing you've ever seen. But <laughs> but it's cool because like all of these like big blogs like will get up, go on the site and like sample your music and be like, hey, like I think this is good. Maybe I'll write about you for a release. And like through that, you kind of uh, like I feel like that grows it more organically than you yeah, know, just uh, just buying followers. You know? Yeah, like, for real. And you know, it, it's something that we could definitely. Uh, do more of and you know i'm definitely going to go and check out submit hub i don't know why i haven't done already but it mm-hmm. sounds great yeah. yeah they um submit hub got me on one of like uh, for my first release uh got me on a uh, blog called glasson glassonberry glass house glass house glass house but, right. the, but there's a, they had a they had like kind of like an online music competition for indie artists right where they would take like i think it was 16 or something like that uh artists and it was like a voting almost like kind of like march madness kind of style bracket yeah. contest with these artists like who had the better song or whatever and I ended up making it to the top four with them with that Excellent. with my song, and I, I think that helped out a lot is in growing yeah. that first one and kind of like started like oh this is who Stevie Stubborn is like let's you know I want to hear more about him kind of thing you know yeah man okay, cool. so, talking about Stevie Stubborn where how, how did the name come about <laughs> so my my buddy Josh he's a rapper Jay Savvy <laughs> um, he uh, we were we were in the studio one time and we we've been working on a side project uh, for a couple months now. And I've I've done music with him for years now, just at different studios and you know whatever else. But uh, good, really good friend of mine. But we were, we just weren't we weren't getting you know head to head on on this idea that he wanted to do for this song. And I was like just I was like no man, absolutely not. Like that's like, this is a non negotiable for me. I'm not I'm not doing this way. Well, and he said okay. something pertaining to oh man, Stevie stubborn on this one. Uh-oh. And it just like it clicked. You yeah. Know? And I was like Stevie stubborn. I was like I like that, and then and then so and then I'm like, well, you know, it's stubborn because like I never gave up on my music, you know. But that's yeah. where, where it really stems from. It was it was my buddy Savvy, yeah. That's that's, uh, that's where I got the name. I really like it because of just the the kind of uh, the scar element of it and stubborn all stars and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And it, I just when I saw it, I was like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I like the word. I appreciate stubborn. that. I wrote a song called "Stubborn as a Mule." I'm a, just a fan of the word. Yeah, <laughs> good word, <It's> good word. <laughs> Definitely, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's awesome. Um, owning a studio has that. How has that been helpful um, in terms of your own music? Would you say? Oh, immensely! Uh, just yeah. because you know, any any independent artist will tell you, studio time's expensive, man. For sure, yeah, wherever you go. And this is kind of like, you know, though we still got bills to pay over there. Like this has kind of opened up a a uh, a door for me to kind of have the freedom to not only record whenever I want, but at a at a price point that doesn't, you know hurt my wallet that much you know yeah yeah sure. and so so yeah like that just and, and because of such i get more practice i get you know i get to run through things i get to try more ideas more often because i'm not worried about a clock you know i can for sure i can stay i can stay in there for hours just by myself if i want to and just kind of noodle around with stuff and yeah yeah how'd you had a bit of a water accident <laughs> yeah they should have changed my uh stage name to scuba steve after that one <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but uh yeah no we had like six inches of water in there so we were out of commission for uh when that tropical storm hit it just like knocked us out in our area it was my neighbor my neighbors in the neighboring unit and the one to, you know on both sides there they they got hit with it really bad too right um thankfully you know everything's gotten getting covered and repaired it's just been a, it's been a process of kind of like rebuilding now at this point gotcha we had to rip out all the floors it was, it was a whole thing oh really yeah. do you have a lot of gear damage and stuff not or? not a ton of gear but there was like there was uh, some more of our it was like our live gear stuff like we lost like two pa speakers that were on the that happened to be on the ground at the sure. time uh, uh a base uh like a base monitor too um right is there um any kind of preventative measures that you can take in future like uh, I don't, I mean, what would you even do like build a little wall so like yeah that? they uh it's funny enough we've actually been on the leasing company to i don't even know if i, if I should say this <laughs> we've been on, we'd, we'd be on, been on them for about like almost two years now about like because every time it would rain really heavy not never as bad as it was this past time but you know we get a little bit of water in, in through the front door and through the bay door and you know we were always like hey, this is a problem like this is going to turn into a problem and sure enough it it was a problem you know yeah so they they um they've taken now like they've sealed our whole bay door they resealed the whole bay door oh, they, great. Like, one of our windows wasn't sealed properly they resealed that um they put like storm guards in the front door and everything nice. so it's we should be okay now i think it's human nature to have to learn things the hard way i know that's how it is with yeah. me and it, you know it seems to be with a lot of people uh, um they were just stubborn <laughs> <laughs> with the callback <laughs> <laughs> so um in terms of like getting um people into your 
studio have you been busy like how, how have you well, been well we were up until the flood yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. no we were um a lot of it was word of mouth at first right um you know we, we'd taken care of a couple of our buddies who did music first just kind of like test the waters and see like how everything was gonna you know how, how things would sound first of all yeah know, what we, you know what we what treatments we need to do to fix things to make it like you know to make it a real deal studio sure, like yeah, have sure. people enjoy being in there sure sound treatment yeah yeah else, oh yeah. yeah we just we, we spent a whole another three thousand dollars on sound treatment for that place just because yeah. a lot of ours got like it got really brittle in the sure. with the water and stuff. Did you have anyone come and consult on that, or did you just do a lot of reading kind of thing? A lot of reading. A lot of, yeah. yeah, Colton. He's my my buddy who owns the studio with me. He's like the second. Like, if he has the slightest inclination of not knowing about something, he will find out about it like within minutes of not knowing it. So yeah, that's amazing. He's just one of those kind of kids, you know. So, yeah, like, yeah. And we also we, we I, Tyler uh, the engineer has some kind of software where we were we would put like different microphones in the room yeah. and you run it and it kind of like tells you where your weak points in the room are. Oh, oh great! Yeah, cool. like an audio kind of thing, but yeah. yeah, I can't remember the name of it. I'm having a, a, a senior moment right now, but um, I I did a thing like that with with my room. It came with a microphone, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, you just test the room, and yeah, it, yeah, and it yeah. just calibrates the speakers. It's really really cool. We had a piece of gear in a band I was in years ago. Um, a sonic maximizer, I think it was called. Okay, and you would hook up a microphone to it. You'd go play a live, you know, live mm-hmm. at a bar or whatever, and you'd hook up a microphone to it, and um, and it would it it would um, tell you like which frequencies on your equalizer to change and move sure. to optimize like the room for no feedback and optimal cool. sound and everything. Yeah, it was pretty yeah, cool. It takes all the guesswork out of stuff. Like oh, it was, <laughs> I was doing really before, yeah, yeah, it was a really cool piece of equipment, but I don't think it was cheap though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I believe it. They, they, Most music stuff isn't. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> learning that, I feel like I feel like the people who sell all this stuff to us know that. Because they just know that we're going to want it. Yeah. It doesn't matter what. How much sure, they, especially sure. with like look so at Apple price, and how ex- yeah. look at Apple and how expensive their computers are. It's because they know they're selling to creatives and and they just they just want it and they'll mm-hmm. just find Listen, the money. It's, it's the age old. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, work work smarter, not harder. I mean, why would I go and build? 1,000 computers and sell them for, you know, $20 when I can build 20 computers and sell them for $1,000. I mean, you know. Yeah, I guess there's a lot of sense in it. But I I just think, I know that I'm like this, where if there's something that comes out and it just tickles my fancy, I I won't be able to think about anything else. You know, it's going to, like, plague me until I end up with it. Yeah, that is a true story. a little bit of a musician's problem. (laughs) No, that is a Ben problem. That is not not a musician problem. That is a Ben problem. That's funny. (laughs) Um, So are you thinking of taking your uh, show on the road? Is that something that I think eventually, yeah. 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 I mean, I really just stopped doing the live show because COVID happened, you know, when I was right. when I was running sound for stuff. And now that I have this whole new platform of making my own music, like how long I, has this been going on? Uh, you making your own music? Really? Like we built the studio and then I I wasn't like, you know, I I do like guitar records for, or, you know, guitar tracks, like studio musician work for like Colt or like whoever else was in the studio right. and stuff like that. And one day I was singing backup vocals on a track and Tyler was like, dude, you actually sound pretty good. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah. Why don't you try like you have a studio like make a song, dude? Yeah, so, man. And, so, and so we did, and you know, tough love happened. And that was that's cool. So the, was this kind of at the beginning of the pandemic or something? Yeah, well, kind of like kind of it was kind of towards the tail end. So like when we okay. we finished the construction on the studio on March seventeenth, right. which is when everything shut down. It was like right. the day we finished the studio, we we're like, oh, six, and now we can't take any clients. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, um, so then we had a, but we had a lot of downtime in that where like we could still go in there and work. Sure. And, like, we weren't necessarily taking clients, but like we could go and, and screw around and kind of like get everything perfect in there and yeah. you know not only for us but for our clients as well but yeah um where did, how did you kind of um find your sound with that kind of like EDM kind of electro pop type of a thing what did, did you have any sort of people that you were emulating or did it just kind of organic yeah i mean k- kind of um i i've always like i've always lo- like loved pop music me and michael jackson have the same birthday uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but uh, yeah, so I've always been drawn to just like that kind of like those like pop ballad and pop melodies and like big vocals and that kind of like yeah. that kind of thing, and it just fits well with that those like kind of EDM rhythm, you know. Yeah. Music. Did you listen to? Uh, do you listen to like a lot of EDM? Do you have like did surprisingly you, did you... no? Like I really right. don't. Like Tyler blows me out of the water with his like arsenal of like the kind of uh, the stuff that he listens to, and I, yeah. I like I really don't listen to it that much, but right. I like it. I enjoy it, and I enjoy, I like making it. It's fun to make for me. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a definite period in my life. Um, Prior to 
playing in a band is all I cared about pretty much in the entire world was drum and bass. That mm -hmm. was it. I was just obsessed with it. I spent years trying to make it. I was never that good at it. I've made a few all right tunes. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, then I ended up playing in this uh, sort of punk band, but then sort of in fusing it a little bit like you with all mm -hmm. these kind of yeah. you know like there was tons of breaks in it and stuff like that and bass lines and stuff that i'd that i was borrowing from the electronic music i was listening to so that kind of fusion of stuff like that mm -hmm. is uh something i'm definitely a big fan of as well yeah, yeah. it's my whole thing man um so i guess at this point it'll be you know what have you got any future plans? What's coming up? So, then? yeah, next Friday, I'm dropping my new single, Feel the Light. Yeah. I'm um, really excited about that one. To be honest, like, as a, you know, as a, as, a, as a solo artist, so to speak, it's my favorite piece of music that I've worked on so far. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so that, that adds to the excitement, of course. Um, we also shot a, uh, a really beautiful music video to, oh, go, really? to go along with it. Yeah. Oh, cool. What, um, what was that all about? How did that happen? And so who did you do it with? Kind of a sad story, honestly, but... Um, oh, no. But... Uh, well, this part's not sad, but we'll get to that. <laughs> um, uh, so my buddy who I did, um, I did the Tenacious D stuff with in Halloween this past oh, year. Oh, yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah. So we, uh, we had this idea. I, I always like the scene when he, when he plays that lick, you know, that, that hey, you know, check this lick. It's fucking tasty. Like that. Yeah. You know, yeah, that yeah, yeah. And, he, and he makes that riff. So I was just going to do like a TikTok almost of just me kind of dressing like devil attire and like ripping the lick. I got talking to my buddy Lance, who runs Drago Cinematics, who's the company I work with for all my my uh, my film and stuff. Yeah, and photography. What um, are they called again? I miss that. Dragos Cinematics. Okay. Um, and he's like, dude, why don't we just do this whole scene? Yeah. And I was like, it's ambitious, but, <laughs> but I mean, we can certainly give it a whirl. And it actually ended up coming out pretty pretty cool. It was it was a fun experience, and I had a little bit yeah. of a fanboy moment, like after we dropped it, like during Halloween. Uh, Kyle Gas, uh, not on my personal page, but uh, on a Tenacious D fan page. Uh, actually commented like, "Oh, this is awesome," or something, oh, like, wow. something along those lines. I was just like, "Oh man, like, that's amazing, so cool, yeah. that's super cool." <laughs> yeah, was it for anything in particular? That was it for like, um, did you just do it for fun? Me, me and Tyler both just loved Tenacious D. Like we were talking about how we used to watch Pick a Destiny when we were like growing up and stuff. And I, I yeah. used to know how to play every single song on guitar, like that's you right. know, every single one. And and we just thought it was a fun thing to do. And we that's pretty much it we didn't really like we didn't really expect anything out of it you yeah, know? Yeah, but yeah. like we, it was just like hey it's halloween let's do something cool you know so like, it's these th this company who did the video they did the video for it okay, yeah, yeah 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 and they they also just recently shot the the feel the light uh video as well yeah cool so what um how did you do the uh the feel the light video what was that about so um like two weeks prior to shooting i think it was about a week or two weeks prior to shooting unfortunately two two of uh two close buddies of mine passed away from oh, uh, so yeah from uh just, you know, I'm not going to get into that part, but yeah, um, I could probably guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, and there, and, and I was just like, you know, I didn't write the song about that because I didn't know that was going to happen. But it's fitting. Like, if you listen to the lyrics, it's fitting sure. for like being stuck and like not knowing how to get out and like, and it's like the trying to like find the light and get out and get away from these things that are, you know, bringing you, you know, pulling you down and stuff like that. And it, I kind of like it was almost like. A, like kind of like to honor them a little bit the way we shot the video. Oh, really? Like, in, a, in a way, yeah. Okay, that's lovely. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. Um, I guess at this point, it'd be a great time to... You, you've uh, worked up a, an acoustic version of it, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, we'll see how that goes because uh, you, when, you, when you guys hear the... Uh, you know the the real song. It's, yeah. it's not definitely not acoustic, but because well, uh, I was um, th this all came together with you coming on um, a little bit um, sort of last minute because mm -hmm. um, someone we were meant to have on dropped out right around kind of the same time that Andy had got in touch with me about you coming on the podcast, and I was mm -hmm. like, oh right, this it's kismet. Let's just do it. It was and meant I, to be, man. Yeah, there you be, go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I reached out to you and and you said you could do it. And then I was like, um, you know, do you want to do an acoustic song? You were like, uh, <laughs> uh maybe let me have a think about <laughs> maybe, that. Yeah. 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 And, and, and then, you know, you're texting me you're like, okay, I think I got this yeah, you know? yeah. and, and you put it together. So, uh, all right, let's hear it. Yeah. Love to. I've been waking up Feeling like I'm stuck And I don't know where to find the light again I've been so alone No 
nobody was home And I don't know how to get out of the way Oh, how strange My darkest day My darkest day Still feels the same If I'm brave Five Six One Music is brought to you by Handlebars Bar and Grill. It's a biker bar in Sequester. Um, it's been there for a long time. It was uh, used to be called Judy's. It's a little yellow building on US One. If you're heading north out of Jupiter on US One, you'll see it on your right. And it's the the bones of it are a biker bar, but um, obviously, you know, anyone can come. There's plenty of parking. So um, if you're interested in bikes and classic cars and stuff like that, it's a cool spot because there's a bike night every second Thursday of the month. And um, we've been doing a jam every um, fourth Sunday of the month. There's a little bit of a problem with the music at the moment. Um, so if anyone out there has any connections to the village of Tequesta Council and can help us with that, we would really appreciate it because um, it's being a bit problematic. But um, the place is great um, with or without live music and um, we're going to get it sorted, so don't worry too much about that. Um, we've got uh, a whole load of great beers on tap and uh, Bernsey, who does the food, is a real character. You've got to see him to believe him. You've got to come down there and check it out. And the food's great. And uh, yeah, it's a good hang. It's right there on the side of the road. So if you're you know, taking your bike out for um, a Saturday or Sunday ride, it's a perfect little stop off. You can stop off, have a beer and a burger and then carry on your way. It's one of those kind of uh, like side of the road, like biker bar type type places um with an outside area where you can sit and chill and uh we would very much appreciate your custom my father-in-law took it over and uh he's been doing a great job so come and check it out that's handlebars bar and grill in Tequesta. our next sponsor is live music community um it's the uh, it's the studio and uh, music school that we are currently in and currently recording it is a it is a fantastic um uh, school for uh, for kids and adults, um, and the big thing we want to push right now with them is uh, this give and let give uh, event. It's on uh, Sunday, July tenth, from two to four p.m. Uh, ben and myself, uh, Hector, are going to be there. Um, basically, the way it works is you donate some unused music gear. Uh, that is that is your entrance fee to get in. Uh, if you're an adult, if you're a child, you you can come in for free, and there's there's nothing to uh, to pay at the door. Yeah, and so all those things on the screen there are things we're giving yeah, away. Right? Yeah, I mean, all those things are are available, and so the idea is that you come in and it is a gear swap. You can, uh, I, ideally, we would love it if you just came in and donated stuff, so these kids would all have some amazing gear to take home. Um, but it is a gear swap, so uh, you just bring bring a piece of unused gear, and and if you see something you need, you can swap it out, and it doesn't have to be a fair trade. So. 
That being said, we have a ton of gear here. And as you can see on the screen, we got guitars, we got uh, bass cabinets, um, we have uh, PA equipment, we've got... That tasty djembe there. Yeah, we all sorts of stuff. And uh, and so it's an event basically to get gear into these kids' hands. And, and it's just, yep. it's an amazing event. This is our third one, and the first two were amazing. They really were. It, it's so nice to see the smiles on the kids' faces when they're walking away with stuff that they, they need. And, you know, it's, it, it's just a great way to redistribute stuff that's not being used. I mean, it, it just works yeah. so well. And I think the thing that I like about it the most is that it, there's no ulterior motive. It's just you know, it's just a good thing, mm-hmm. literally. You bring stuff, and then people who need it take it. And that's it. Yeah, and the best part about it is, you know, the kids come in, they check out the gear, they they you know they see something they need, whether it's a pedal or a guitar or a cabinet or whatever it is. Um, you know, we're a music school, but we're also a a studio, a music studio, and so they could literally plug the stuff in and test it out right here. And you know, yourself, myself, uh, uh, Justin, you know, there's any number of people here that can help them test it out and check it out and make sure everything's cool and exactly what they need and get them hooked up exactly with exactly what they need to kind of complete their ensemble but i mean the basic uh the basic goal of this whole thing is just get gear into music gear into kids hands and yeah. you know and and then they can they can use that stuff it was justin's idea and it's a, a fantastic idea you know i i, I just think it's a great event so if yeah. you can make it down Come down. Yeah, Sunday, July 10th from 2 to 4 p.m. Live Music Community is on the corner of Military Trail and North Lake Boulevard in Palm Beach Gardens. Yeah, it's in the it's in the corner of the plaza. So if you see a Papa John's, you're very close. Yeah, the northwest corner. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. All right. So uh, <laughs> this next sponsor we have is uh, Oasis Root Carver Bar, and it is a fantastic carver bar on Indian Town Road in Sea Grape Square. And it's a really cool spot. It's um, run by my friend Jim, who I've known now for a couple of years. He's a cool guy. And he very kindly uh, sponsors the podcast, allows us to do this because, um, it's you know, we have to spend some money to put this thing on. We're not making any money out of it. It just helps us tick, tick over, basically. So we really, really appreciate it. And uh, it, if you don't know anything about carver, it's a Polynesian root that they grind into a powder and then mix with water. It's been around in Polynesia for hundreds, maybe thousands of years, and um, in the U.S. for probably 15. Um, there's a lot of different vibes of Carver Bar. Some of them are more like a club, but um, Oasis Root is just a super chill kind of cafe environment, and uh, it's nice and relaxing in there. You know, there's a couple of TVs up there. You could bring your laptop and do some work maybe, you know. It's always a pretty relaxed atmosphere. Later on in the evening, it gets a bit busier and a bit more rowdy, but, um, and they have like, uh, they do a poker night in there and stuff. But in the day, it's, you know, it's pretty much the same as a coffee house. It's a, it's a nice place to just share ideas and chat. And, you know, if you don't drink, it's a cool place to go because... Uh, no one's drunk, and it's, but it still has a little bit of the atmosphere of a bar if that's something that's missing in your life and you want to go and just hang out somewhere. It's great. So go and check it out. Oasis Root Carver Bar on Indian Town Road in Seagrape Square. Um, that, was a, that was a great rendition. We really enjoyed it. Thanks so much, man. Yeah. Not going to lie, I was a little nervous trying to put that one together in <laughs> a short amount of time, but... No, it's so, fantastic. Yeah, so the actual song doesn't release until uh, next Friday. Next week, Friday, yeah. the twenty fourth. The twenty fourth. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this was the uh, the acoustic world premiere yeah, preview yeah, yeah. of the yeah. song. I love it. I love it. <laughs> right here first on five six one. You heard it here first, guys. You heard it here first. <laughs> right. So um, we already kind of discussed it a little bit, but could you um, give us a little bit um, more of an idea about um, the motivations behind the lyrics and stuff like that? In that song specifically, or yeah, just in yeah, general? In that song, um, yeah. I mean, it really was. It was just, uh, you know, I've, I, I've dealt with my own trials and tribulations too, where you know, whether whether that be alcohol related or, you know, drug related here and there in the past, and um, I've luckily found my way out of it. Yeah. You know? um, but Not uh, easy, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, you know, I I know what it's like to be there too. So yeah. it's and. And I, I think it's, a, you know, Tyler always makes fun of me, not really makes fun of me, but you know what I mean? 
uh, he's like, yeah, you have these like you, you have these these beats that are like so happy and like uplifting and high energy, and then your lyrics make you want to cry and stuff. Like, yeah, that's like my whole songwriting <laughs> approach. Yeah, <laughs> happy chords and like yeah, uh, and yeah, yeah. dark lyrics. Yeah. That's, that's all of Ben's songs. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. but, yeah. No, it was so a lot of that, and then you know just the added of you know the loss of my my friends recently. That was just yeah. like that was kind of like the icing on the cake, but not not the good cake, you know. But, yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah. But, just added a little bit of kind yeah. of meaning and weight yeah. to the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, Jeez. totally. I guess in a way, it's a you know a nice that you could have some kind of a tribute for them. Mm-hmm. You know? That's lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we like to talk about people's gear on this show. I always think it's interesting for music nerds out there. We ask you to take a couple of pictures of some of your gear. Why don't we uh, get something up on the screen there? Um, what have we got in here? Can you those tell are, us about Those are a few of my guitars. I, I'm kind of a collector like you, from what it sounds right, like. Right, yeah, right I, I, got, on, yeah. I got quite a bit. But uh, so the Fender uh, Jazz Bass, um, Ibanez RG. That's an 87 reissue. Nice. Uh, Gibson Les Paul Studio. Perfect. Uh, Gretsch Hollowbody. And yeah. then uh, Taylor and the Washburn. The, uh, the Washburn is actually the one I played. Oh, nice. Is, yeah. is this all, all of this stuff, do you let people use it? When yeah, it comes yeah, to yeah. I'm, I'm not stingy. I'll, I'll yeah. let people use my stuff for That's sure. That's cool. Do you have a favorite among them? Favorite? I, I'm really partial to Les Paul only because uh, my dad got that. It was like my first really nice guitar. My dad got it for me for a Christmas present yeah. uh, years ago. They're really just, useful in recording too oh, for yeah, that yeah, thickness, yeah. you know. I don't. I don't much love uh, playing live with it. Just because sure. it's a heavy, and like if you're playing a long set, it's a, you know it, it'll get you on your shoulder a little bit. No, better. totally. Yeah. I feel like they're called studio for a reason. No, I, they're called studio just because they're not meant. They're not like the prettiest ones, right, isn't it? Right, it's right. Ha- it still has the tone, but mm-hmm. it, yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. a little bit more workmanlike. But that's cool. Yeah, yeah. That's a, they are beautiful guitars. I've never owned a Les Paul. That's something that I've always wanted to own. So yeah, they, they play really nice, man. Yeah, man. What else have we got up here? I think, just, I think just my rig now, yeah. Which oh, cool. I, I, I kind of sent you a better picture. Sorry about that. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, uh, yeah, just, it's one of the newer Marshall, uh, you know, combo uh, head and, head and uh, cabinet. Yeah, what's the uh, head? What what uh, model is DS, it? Yeah? DS10, uh, is it? Okay. Off the top of my head? I have a JCM2000 that um, I've been carting around for 25 years. I love that thing. Yeah. Yeah, I know. No, I think so. it sounds amazing though. It's like Yeah. I'm all about Marshall. Mm-hmm. Like um, you know, some people will be like, "Oh, it's kind of glassy or whatever, you know, right. it's not as dense as necessary or mm-hmm. messer or something like that." But I like that, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. And my favorite thing on Marshalls is that like it when you get that perfect very slightly dirty clean. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what I'm all about, man. I love that stuff. Well, you, you can come play that one whenever you want, man. Man, I come into your studio. There's yeah, uh, no two sure. ways about it. I'll wait until you've um, sorted it so out. So we actually we took our first client today oh, after okay. the flow flood. So we're not 100% there yet, but we're at a point now where we can start um, you know, start like having people come back in and yeah, you know, nice. use our equipment and you know, that kind of stuff. But. Yeah, that's cool. I feel like as well that going to a studio, it's a very different kind of creative thing than than when you're trying to do it all. Because one of the the things that I didn't ask you about before, but I wondered about is, do you ever feel like you get a little bit, because you're recording it basically yourself with your friend, Mm -hmm. do you ever feel like you get a bit too close to it and kind of to the point where... Yeah, I think sometimes that happens, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because I I feel like that sometimes. I've recorded a lot of stuff myself, but um, the process of going to a studio is uh, is liberating in a sense because, you know, a lot of the... uh, a lot of the decisions are kind of taken away from mm-hmm. you. You know, you, you just you, you can concentrate on actually performing, and yeah. it's, a, it's yeah, a whole yeah. different feeling. So some of the really rewarding stuff that happened in owning one, you know, for like owning my own one for the first time, which is like you know we've had some people come into a studio for their very first time, like and you know never recorded music before, yeah. and just like you see that spark in their eyes when they first like hear themselves on a mic or you know yeah. they, they first strum that first chord and they you know it's being recorded and they're watching like the creation process and it's so it's such a special moment that you get yeah, to share absolutely. with these people, you know. And, and if you get awesome. that like nice studio kind of um like bedside manner you know if you come in and it feels like a studio yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Good... And, and we kind of like in a way this flood was like a blessing in disguise we're like we you know it was it was a way to, for us to like revisit problems that we were having initially before yeah and kind of like you know deja vu 2.0 almost sure. like and reopen that way like fresh like fresh start and like yeah you know i was the old and with the new this place sounds great you know if anyone needs anything uh recorded in style you should go and check out deja vu studios in yep. boca raton absolutely um yeah, so what is next? Have you got any any sort of gigs 
coming up or anything uh, like other than the release? So I don't have anything planned, although I would love to get back into it. I love performing. It's like, like you know, I, I, I toured around with bands playing guitars here and there and like never never really so much as like a singer. I've done backing vocals here and there, but okay. now to step in and like try to do like most, you know, the spotlight's all on me now. Like that's yeah. uh, that's a cool challenge for me that I, I, I can't wait to, you know, How would you put it together? Time. Are you thinking of um, playing with tracks or are you going to put a band I together? think I'll kind of run it like a hip hop show almost for now. Yeah, that's and what just, it's just in kind of figured. Just until, and, and, you know, maybe, it, maybe it'll develop like to where at some point I'll have like, you know, a live drummer on top of that or you know but probably i'll probably generally run tracks for the most part even even if i add like some live yeah. elementation to it have you ever have you ever heard of a band called represent like ronnie size and represent i don't think so no there's this drum and bass act that were kind of big in the 90s and early 2000s and they had such a great mix of electronic and and live mm-hmm. they had a they had a drummer, but there was also beats going, and they had like a stand-up bass player, but they also had electronic bass lines coming out. They did it so well. I don't know. So if you're looking for any inspiration in terms yeah, of how to out, mix sure. that stuff, yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. I, and they're great. So what have we got coming up, Hector? What's going on? Uh, Friday, Friday, we were playing at Tiki Taco Tiki. Taco Tiki. Yeah, yep. Taco Tiki Jensen Beach. Jensen Beach. Yeah, it's a cool spot. Um, we always enjoy playing there. Um, it's it's been a while. It has been a while. Been yeah, a while, and the, yeah. the tacos at Taco Tiki are spectacular. They are spectacular. Yeah, so if I mean, you're that's a taco, the reason I play there. I get, <laughs> I get paid in tacos. So, <laughs> you know. well, it's a lot of tacos, but I do get paid in tacos. So. <laughs> yeah, and they, that, the guy who runs the place, he, he seems to be a really big music fan because, you know, everyone that I think is good and plays a lot of gigs down here seems to play there yeah you know? yeah and um there's always a fun crowd there it's one of the very few places i mean Kilbillies, if you listen to the show you probably know it but we play a lot of irish music in americana and bluegrass and it, it's that's one of only two places where we've had someone break dance to our music yes <laughs> and it was pretty awesome yeah totally do you remember that because there's that one guy who does it a lot and is quite a good break dancer and then the but other guy, that the other other weird guy challenged him or something oh that that really like weird guy you remember yeah, that? <laughs> yeah that was pretty funny it was good, hilarious good times good yeah, times totally. sounds like it um, <laughs> all right, and then uh, and then I'm going on vacation starting Saturday so are you and yeah. James doing anything else this weekend uh, so from 5 to 9 um, I'm playing at uh, Palm Beach Meats um, in uh, West Palm Beach, which okay. is um, it's uh, they sell it's like a charcuterie. They sell um, very nice meat and very nice cheese, basically. And then they do events. I think it's the it's some. I think it's the anniversary. In fact, I know it's the anniversary. I just can't remember whether it's a year. Or, I think it's a year. Okay. And this, this is Saturday. Yeah, yeah okay. sat on Saturday, yeah, from five. I'm playing there, I'm doing a solo set, but more of a rowdy one than I usually do because um, they were a little bummed that um, the whole band couldn't make it. So I was like, you know what? I'll bring the feet drums. So I'm going to go all out. Nice. Yeah, and then um, on Sunday, I am playing um, at Swank Farms for Father's Day, but I think it's a private party. I'm not 100% sure. But um, yeah, so I've got quite a busy weekend coming. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, I will be on vacation. So enjoy. <laughs> yeah, I leave. Uh, I leave Saturday, and I don't come back until the following Saturday morning, sometime afternoon, probably. Gotcha. Where are you going? So uh, over to Siesta Key, going to the other coast oh, of Florida, right. man. And, nice man. Uh, Have a good nice, time. Nice little villa on the beach there, and lovely. And I'm just gonna unplug for a week. I mean, no, I, say, I, I say that. <laughs> I say that, and that's a bold lie. <laughs> I say I'm going to unplug for a week, but you know, I just assume you know, forget my underwear, then forget my laptop. So yeah, exactly. I'm not going to unplug. For the a week. drone will be up. Yeah, you know? oh, <laughs> I got the travel drone already packed. I mean, it's ready to go. <laughs> I knew it. Um, yeah, but I'll be gone for a week, so I won't be with you next week. So uh, you'll, right. you'll be flying solo, hosting yeah. solo next week. I'll be able to hold my. I'll be all right. Yeah. Don't worry about me. I got this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know if you could do this without me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, Stevie Stubbin, thank you so much for Thanks coming. Thanks for having on, me, guys. Man. It was awesome. Awesome. Such a pleasure. Yeah, man. Very there. Yeah, nice it was awesome. And uh, as usual, uh, you know, like, like, and subscribe on our on our YouTube page. Um, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. Please do um, the things. Do, do all do all the things. Write our phone numbers and bathroom walls and send us money. So whatever <laughs> whatever it takes, man. Whatever it takes. We need money. We have an upcoming tour this summer. We need money. We do actually, yeah. <laughs> Killbillies is going on tour the last two weeks of July. So far, yeah. So far we, we won't we won't get into too much detail because we haven't been the big announcement yet. But uh, so far we have dates in Florida, Georgia, Arkansas. Alabama, Tennessee, 
and Mississippi. That's awesome. Yeah. It's going to be fantastic. I, I can't wait. Yeah, and it's long overdue because um, we did do – Kilbillies um, did do a tour – up like 95 basically mm-hmm. one time but um a tour of the south just makes sense for this band you know it's it's the kind of music we play well and, I t- and i'll tell you you know I've, I've reached out to lots and lots and lots of venue owners um you know and, and some of them some of them we fit better than others i mean you know there's just some venues you don't fit you know certain bands don't fit or whatever but um the ones that have that have uh reacted and, and come back and, and talked to me and stuff about booking have all been like you know, they they go to our website, they listen to the stuff, and then they come back to me and say, "Oh my God, I love what you guys are doing. I oh, have yeah. to have you here." So, oh, brilliant! Yeah, so I'm. Excited. I didn't know that. That's cool. Uh, yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. I can show you some of these some of these back and forth emails and texts, and the enthusiasm from some of these club owners is actually is actually kind of cool. I oh mean, wow! Okay, yeah, that's I mean, rad. I have a feeling. I have a feeling some of these guys are going to treat us like treat us really well, like rock stars, man. It's going to be fun. It's awesome. It's, it's been a while be. since I've done a tour, and I cannot wait. I really enjoy it. It's just nice to you know see the world a bit. And yeah. the other thing about touring, which is different than just going on vacation, is when you get somewhere, a you have a purpose. And for someone who's I don't know a little socially awkward it's i find that really enjoyable to have a reason to go somewhere comforting yeah (laughs) yeah and also people are pleased to see you you know that they're not out to rob you uh, you as a tourist they're they're like oh yeah you've arrived you know so that's nice too yeah and they show you all the best spots and everything's cool yeah this is gonna be fun man it's gonna be fun and and of course in the middle of all that we're gonna spend three days recording at sun studio so yeah that's gonna it's gonna be really awesome yeah yeah i can't wait man so, like, subscribe, and send us money. <laughs> <laughs> Take it easy, guys. Take it better, see.